What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Confused World. This is your host, Matt. As always, everyone, subscribe, follow, and give us a five-star rating if you like the contents of this podcast. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so, I came across a couple of articles this week. Uh, somebody actually suggested one of them to me. So, of course, I had to go look into it, and the stupidity of some people, I just don't understand it. Has anybody heard anything about this whole uh, food neutrality? First time I ever heard about it, again, somebody suggested it to me, and I'm like, I gotta check into this. So, I went down this uh, pretty strange rabbit hole, and I, by the time I came to at least one article that I was really going to go for for this episode, I was about halfway ready to just smash myself upside the head because it's that stupid. It honestly is that dumb, okay? So we're gonna get into this article real quick. This article is coming from Nutrition uh, Neutron California, okay? I, I'm not even too familiar with this uh, website but I just came to check it in this was released March 23rd of this year so I mean this is kind of an older article but again I just wanted to smack myself upside the head and just think like what what are we doing here and the article follows growing up did you hear comments that certain foods are quote good and bad or quote healthy and quote unhealthy end quote while this is a well-intentioned approach to food education it can affect kids' relationship with food the problem with labeling food as quote good end quote or end quote or in quotes bad or quotes healthy or quotes unhealthy or junk or superfoods is that it creates a food hierarchy Kids may feel guilt or shame about eating or not eating certain foods that we put labels on them. When adult labels, uh, when adults label foods with positive or negative associations, kids kids can transfer those feelings towards themselves. Have you ever said to yourself, "I was bad today. I ate cookies." What you ate or don't, or what you eat or don't eat does not define the kind of person you are you are a good you are not a good or bad person for eating either cookie or an apple so what is the helpful approach to uh, to use using a food nutrition nutri food nutri neutral approach can help Eileen uh, Satter a dietitian and family therapist explains food neutrality as quote or as um, as the following all foods have the same moral value. No food is valued over another. No food is inherently, quote, good, or, quote, bad, or, quote, healthy, or, quote, unhealthy. All judgment from food is removed. By using a food-neutral approach, we can give ourselves permission to eat foods that we enjoy without having feelings or guilt or shame. Now, I just want to take a quick moment to say how dangerous, absolutely dangerous, this approach is. Have you 
ever thought for five seconds, I just want to eat junk food all day? I'm pretty sure some of us have. But then, of course, we also have the the repercussions of it. Okay, if I eat nothing but sugary, you know, like ding-dongs or ho-hos or Twinkies or uh, cupcakes and stuff, cookies, all that kind of stuff, where do you think my health level is going to take me? Besides into the emergency room with diabetes levels that are way beyond what they should be, right? I'm just saying. So... For people saying that there is no one good food over the other, uh, healthy or unhealthy, um, that's stupidity. Because if we're going to go with that, if again, if I drink sodas and ate junk food all day long, not only am I going to become morbidly obese to the point where I cannot function in some cases... I've, I mean, look at those, look at the uh, TV show, My 600 Pound Life. Those people are in utter misery sometimes because they just want the weight off of them. It constricts them. There are certain things that they can't do that they once were able to or things that they want to do with their kids. They can't go outdoors certain times because the, the weight on their body is just way too much on them. Now, I'm not saying I'm the fittest person in the entire world because I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm close to average, maybe just a little bit above average on weight wise. Um, but I mean, this is a dangerous, dangerous concept to be putting out there that there are no good foods or bad foods or junk foods or unhealthy foods. No, there is. And there's a reason for that. It's so that way you can maintain a balance of your meats, your vegetables, your fruits, stuff that are good for you that actually provide nutrition to the body. If you were eating things that are not providing nutrition to your body, then your body is still starving. So therefore, you're going to completely, continuously eat and eat and eat and eat until you find something that is just your your stomach is basically telling you you're full at that point. And then, of course, you got... Uh, again, obesity, uh, diabetes, uh, there's so many other health risks with just eating s- certain foods. I'm just uh, like, it's, it's fact. It's fact. Go really look up what healthy or what health risk can be if you ate nothing but junk food your entire life. It's, it's not good. You have rotted teeth. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff, regardless if you brush your teeth all the time. Okay. There's some people that don't, which is, um, eh. but anyway, um, no, you could brush your teeth seven times a day and you will still end up losing your teeth because you're eating nothing but just processed crap. Okay. Anyway, back to this article here real quick. This this is I I really want to just what are what what are we thinking in this country? Um, we're not saying that cookies have the same nutritional profile as apples. Simply put, foods contain different nutri- nutrients. Food neutrality focus on removing the moral judgment from food, therefore removing judgment about oneself and others for eating foods. Food neutrality focuses 
on taking the attention away from the benefits or consequences of food items. <laughs> that should be something we're focusing on, people. The, <laughs> the benefits and the consequences. Like, seriously. Anyway... More specifically, it looks at creating a non-judgmental environment for children to feel free or to feel safe eating a variety of foods. Good foods. It should be. Anyway. Um, how can you start implementing food neutrality right away? Pres presenting all foods is acceptable or morally equivalent. Avoid grouping foods as good and bad, healthy and unhealthy. Calling foods by their name, for example, calling a, f a for, for instead of calling a food a treat, call it a chocolate bar. <laughs> Describing foods objectively based on their color, texture, and flavor. Replacing food reward with non-food related rewards. Extended re uh, recess, music, or a dance party. When <laughs> this is the stupidest crap I've ever heard. <laughs> when kids try new foods, avoid praising, congratulating someone for eating a certain food. Still feels like pressure, even though it's positive. Instead, remain neutral by saying, "I see you tried it. How did you like it?" <laughs> Or avoid commenting altogether. This is a hard. <laughs> this is hard to unlearn. Allowing kids to eat all foods they bring, and an order they prefer. Focusing on providing opportunities for kids to learn about safe food handling practices, food skills, and exploration of various foods. Role modeling flexible eating and following the diversion of responsibilities <laughs> I cannot tell you how stupid I feel just reading this like oh anyway let's get to the bottom line of this uh, article here it's it just goes on and it gets stupid but adopting food neutral language <laughs> Oh, now we're calling it a language. Oh, no. Adopting food-neutral language can help improve kids' relationships with food and their body. It also supports kids in the long-term process of learning to eat a variety of foods. You can start making small changes in your classroom or center right away. Changing the way we talk about food can take time. Give yourself patience as you implement new ways of thinking uh, and talking about food. Now, there was a video I had I had I had been shown by someone, and um, th it it was the most stupidest video because the girls like there was a couple of girls on there and they're like, oh. You're eating a cum cake? That's bad for you. Oh, you're telling... Oh, no, excuse me. It was cookies. Excuse me. Uh, oh, you're eating a cookie? Those can be bad for you. Don't have too many. And the other girl's like, Oh, did you just shame me for having a cookie? Look, let me tell you what food neutrality is. And they start going into this whole thing about how it's... There is no such thing. And, you know, they start kind of go through that whole explanation. And... 
just a few minutes into that video, I felt like just, just, eh, eh, smacking my head across my desk. <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Anyhow, we're going to get to another article here real quick. And this article is actually coming from uh, another website I haven't heard of before, but it seems to be pretty legit. It's called onstageblog.com. Um, and the only reason I'm talking about this one is because I, I getting into this article kind of frustrated me because they start using the name of they they start using Christianity in it. The comp the group that's post there, you know, that's been sending out some negative uh, thoughts about this this article in particular, not this article, but what it regards to, and. They call them, uh, we'll get into this article here real quick, and I'll tell you when, just my reaction, like, you, you'll hear it, of course, I, it's, it's, it's stupid. Anyway, this article was released September 17th, so, recently, a trailer dropped for Disney's live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. The first to feature Holly Bale, or Bailey, excuse me, as Ariel. Cue the hatred and uh, vitriol. The backlash from the trailer is not due to dramatical um, issues from the f uh, with the film itself. Believe me, the failure of Disney's live-action remakes due to poor writing and directing is depressing. In the extreme, and warrants an intervention at this point. <sighs> no. The anger towards the Little Mermaid is due to 100% the fact that a black actress was cast as Ariel. Okay? The hate has reached such extremes t that today I came across a Facebook group, Christians Against the Little Mermaid. Quote, or in parentheses, it says, Boycott Hall Hallie ba Bailey. Note, there are some who say that this group is a fake and was invented to stir up controversy. In this day and age, I don't ever want to misspeak and claim something is true when there is potential doubt. However, in doing my due diligence in this article, I came upon what seems to be proof that this group is, in fact, real. In parentheses, says, the group was originally created on July 9th. 2017 under the name Love, Compassion, and Understanding. The name was changed to Christians Against Little Mermaid Boycott Holly, ba Holly Bailey on July 4th, 2019. Then to Muhammad Ali's Memorial on June 5th of 19 2019. I think it should have been the other way because <laughs> June, July. Anyway, I think the... Uh, misquoted themselves there. But anyway, back to the article. Then to, and this was obviously also before, then to boycott Super Bowl LIII. -I, I don't even know what those Roman numerals are. Anyway, on January 24th of 2019. Um, hold on once. There we go. Many who object to the casting of Miss Bailey's has wrapped, have wrapped what can only be dubbed blatant racism in the guise of concern for, uh, for the Danish people who are, quote, having their story ripped from them and invalidated, end quote, 
saying that casting a black woman as the Little Mermaid is offensive to dames, or to Danes because, after all, the Little Mermaid is a Danish fairy tale. Now, hold on one quick second. I want to get into something that I, I, I want to give you my thoughts on this because some of my heritage is Danish, okay? And I don't find it remotely um, offensive. You got somebody that could act the part. Skin color is not important. It's just not. Now, there's some people that want to make sure that everything sticks to the certain script and, you know, whites are whites and blacks are blacks and this and this and that and that. You know what? This is bullcrap. And yes, I said it. Because this is literally, my personal opinion, racial profiling to its best. And to put a Christian name, Christians against uh, Holly, uh, Holly Bailey, Little Mermaid. Uh, you know what? This, mm, it's anti-Christian, really. It honestly is. They're taking a Christian, they're trying to put a, the name of Christ onto something that has nothing to do with the situation at all, but add, um, what's the, uh, hatred, really. It honestly is. It's a hate group in the name of Christ. And let me tell you something. Christ was not hate. That's not who Christ was. Granted, there is the Lion of Judah for a reason. And that was around the time when he was turning the tables over for the people that were sitting there trying to make a buck or two or three or whatever. You know, they were selling goods within the temple. And Christ said, get out of my house. And he turned the tables over. That is the Lion of Judah right there. Okay? And people just want to say, oh, God was just all up. No, he had some anger to him and righteous anger at that. This is not righteous anger. This is straight out nothing more than honest to God. It's hatred. And that's not what Christ came to do. In the Bible, he says, you know, quoting the words of Jesus, I have not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Right? So how is that adding hatred because of somebody's skin color? Just to play a movie. It doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter. You can take... Oh, who was that uh, princess in the frog? Uh, Tatiana, I think her name was. Okay? Even if you made her a white girl, just because the cartoon was a black girl, does not make that any more diff or any more racist. You found somebody that can play the role. That's what matters. You want somebody who can portray the role in the best way possible. Okay? Now, I'm not defending Disney because, by all means, Disney has put some pretty woke stuff in, into there. Like, uh, I heard recently, I haven't seen it um, at all yet, but I heard that they put some... Um, um, diverse, certain diversities in the new Pinocchio, like they kind of stuck to the script, but they they purposely went out there and put some diversities in there. In Thor, the new one, uh, love and love and war, or love and love and peace, or whatever it was called, um, they they put some extremely woke ideology in that, you know, uh, gay couples and this and that. And you know what? Again, as I've said before. <sighs> 
you guys, Disney, um, it doesn't matter who you are, Disney, Marvel, um, you know, uh, 20th Century Fox, I know that they're, they're owned by Disney too, I know, um, but, you know, Netflix and all these other companies that are making movies, you know what, we don't need that ideology just forced in there, we don't, certain people should actually, I mean, honestly, the gay community should be absolutely offended by the simple fact that they have to indoctrinate that movie to make their, to get their, their agenda across. But of course they're not because, Hey, we're talking about gay people now, right? They don't care about that, but they should because they're only putting them in there because they feel like they have to, not because they want to. Some people, maybe they do want to. I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you. But I honestly believe that they found somebody that can do the role and do justice to the role. Not because of their skin color. It should not matter. And I've heard a bunch of that stuff like that. There was somebody that did a digital video on turning uh, Holly Bailey, as a, uh, making her look as a white girl. And it doesn't matter a person's race or their ethnicity or anything like that. Okay. If they got somebody that was lighter skinned, uh, extreme, like a white person to play Sebastian because of the, uh, you know, the, um, what do you call it? The Jamaican accent. Are they going to get mad about that? I mean, I, it's just stupid. You find somebody that can do the role. You find it the, somebody that can do the role and it do it justice. And that's all that needs to matter. Anyway, my rant's over on that. <laughs> Anyway, back to the uh, article here. Um, this is one of the few and only times in my life that uh, my identity gives me 100% authority to talk, uh, uh, to talk about given subject. I am a Christian, a Dane. Quotes quotes it says, a cis white female that is that or one that is one at that. Excuse me. End quote. And a huge fan of the Little Mermaid. And an expert on the history uh, mythology. And interpretation of fairy tales. I am am the peak uh, demographic that these groups are trying to, quote, protect by boycotting the film. So let me start my saying I completely support the casting of Halle Bailey and am furthest thing and, and and am the furthest thing from being offended that's just kind of what i just said too anyway and because i am a theatrical uh, hermione granger <laughs> we are about to go uh, to do a deep dive into why exactly that is oh yes i'm going there the little mermaid was written by danish author Hans Christian Andersen in 1836 and was published in 1837. Andersen is one of the most famous triune of fairy tale authors, including the Grimm's brothers and the Charles uh, Puralt. I've never heard of him. Anyway, back to the article. I am what sets Andersen apart. Uh, is that, uh, but what sets Andersen apart is that he creates his fairy tales from scratch. They were all original, whereas those transcripts by Grimm's and uh, Puralt were based on the preservations of German and French folk tales. Yes, what a by, what a bit of editing <laughs> in different ways and for vast ver- different reasons, but that's a deep dive into another day. 
Anderson was an odd duck, pun intended. Indeed, he was so socially awkward that people who crossed the street to avoid him, or people would cross the street to avoid him. His father died at an early age, and his mother was committed to a mental institution, leaving Anderson to fend for himself. He traveled to Copenhagen with dreams of writing stories for the opera, but was mocked for his uh, fairies, uh, fairy stories and couldn't catch a break until one of the members of the opera board became his patron and supported his writing. He hit a, uh, he, uh, he hit at the ziggest of fa uh, fairy tale popularity and became incredibly famous for her stories, uh, uh, for his stories. His personal life, however, was far from a fairy tale. He had an infamous, um, unrequired love for the great, um, for the great opera star uh, Jenny Lind, uh, nothing like her portrayal in *The Greatest Showman*, and is even responsible for her nickname, the Swedish Night uh, Nightingale. Having written his fairy tale, *The Nightingale*, for her, he was devastated when she didn't return his affection. But was most important with the regards to *The Little Mermaid* is, uh, is Anderson's uh, relationship with. Uh, Edward Collin, the son of Anderson's patron. Anderson was desperately in love with Collin, and it's pretty clear that Anderson was either a closet gay man or closet bisexual man. In one of the letters to Collin, he flat out says, My sentiments for you are those of a woman. It's unclear how exactly Colin felt about Anderson's feelings. All we can know is that in 1860 or 1836, Colin announced his engagement to a woman, and Anderson began writing The Little Mermaid as a metaphoric exploration of his heartbreak, with Anderson represented by The Little Mermaid, Colin as the prince, and his fiancée as the princess. In its beginnings, The Little Mermaid was the story of a man who couldn't who couldn't be with someone because his love didn't confirm or conform to the world found in its found himself in cut to disney's little mermaid which was selected by the great howard ashman as his first project for disney ashman was himself a gay man who kept his hiv status a secret <laughs> wow i didn't even know this wow i didn't dive this deep into this article whoa <laughs> anyway who kept his HIV status a secret, even from his close collaborator, Alan uh, Menken, for fear that if it got out, he would lose his job. Ashman felt a close kinship with The Little Mermaid and is responsible not only for the lyrics to the Disney film, but with much of the script, the entire concept, and let's just say it, the Disney re renaissance as a whole. He passed away from AIDS shortly after the release of, the, of Beauty and the Beast and won Oscars for both The Little Mermaid and posthumously for The Beauty and the Beast. Um, there is so much, so much more into this article and unfortunately I don't have the time to dig that far into it. Um, but I mean, this article was quite interesting. If you, I'll, I'll try to include this, the link to this in the uh, description so that way you can kind of go over it and kind of read the article for yourself it's actually quite interesting uh, <laughs> as you can tell by my response going well <laughs> i didn't know the guy that actually wrote the little mermaid for disney was gay and hiv positive who knew 
I, I didn't. Anyway, um, my, again, my sentiments on this is, uh, they found someone that can play the role perfectly. And that's all that matters. That's all that should matter. So, for anyone that's just going out there trying to say, well, they made the Little Mermaid black on purpose. Maybe they did. I don't know. We don't have proof of that, though. We don't. So, who are we to say that, you know, rather they did or didn't? Now, <laughs> my person, my personal opinion, did they probably? Oh, more than likely. I mean, it's Disney. They're woke. But... Again, they found somebody that can do the perfect role. Now, my curiosity was uh, from some of the uh, early uh, articles I had found uh, uh, right about the time when they were talking about recording and making the Little Mermaid live action was that they were going to make Ursula the the villain of of the show in case you haven't watched it ever, which I doubt that there is anybody that hasn't. Um... They were going to make Ursula uh, a drag queen. Now, I hope I hope they didn't do that. Um, I'm afraid to see what kind of woke ideology they're going to put into the Little Mermaid. Uh, I see that going down as a disaster, just like you know, a ship in flames or a, a plane in flames, whatever you want to call it. But um, anyway, that's my personal opinion. They found someone that can do the job, and they found someone that can do the job with justice. That's just my opinion. So, and to put a Christian name on a on a website that says, "Hey, um, we're, we're Christian and we we protest against this," is blasphemy, my personal opinion. Anyway, don't forget, everyone, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, send emails or comments, or if there's a, even a story that you want me to kind of, you know, just to kind of go over. Uh, definitely um, send it to me on either Instagram or send it to me at my email confusedworldpodcast at gmail.com until next time everyone take care of yourselves and each other <laughs>